Welcome to episode 16 of Super States Practices of Transformation with me, your host, Joshua Peters. Super States explores the crossroads of using trance states to access personal or professional growth. And in each episode, we talk to world class experts, industry leaders, revolutionary thinkers who share the latest information tools, and their own personal stories to inspire you on your journey. This week, I talk with Phil Farber. Phil is an author, a hypnotherapist, a master NLP practitioner, and an expert on Western esoteric magic. Phil's approach, blending hypnosis, NLP techniques, and the structure of magical ideas, is nothing short of revolutionary. Ready to stand in the crossroads of magic and personal growth? Let's jump in to NLP, hypnosis, and Western esoteric magic with Phil Farber. Welcome to Super States. I am here with uh, Phil Farber. Uh, Phil, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Why don't you describe what you do and how that transforms lives and maybe for yourself as well. Okay. Uh, I have a little, uh, I don't know, a little issue describing what I do. (laughs) Uh, I'm always confronted with this and uh, publishers and so on. Tell tell us what you do on the back of the book. Uh, But essentially, I mean, my original path of career and so on uh, is I'm a writer and uh, I spent many years as a journalist and a uh, technical writer and a science writer and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so I've written several books on related subjects and so on. Um, but over the years, and actually since, since I was a kid, uh, I've been interested in hypnosis and NLP and altered states and psychedelics and uh, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, so in pursuing that, uh, I sort of, at one end, I got into that a little bit to be a better writer. Uh, but when I, once I got into it, I realized that was a whole world into itself. And so now I'm a, you know, I'm an NLP hypnosis practitioner and so on. Um, uh, and I've been doing that for many years for going on 40 years now, uh, as a, a hypnotist. So, um. Uh, it's it's fun in itself, and uh, I love you know I I have clients who I I, I work with personally and on the phone, uh, and I do teach workshops and uh, seminars and so on on a, a wide range of subjects ranging from NLP to uh, traditional ceremonial magic and the Western esoteric tradition and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and one of the things that uh, really fascinates me about the your take on magic is how you apply these NLP and hypnotic processes to them. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you got uh, to that point. Like uh, what, what brought you to bring all this together? Well, I I mean, let's see. Uh, I really started, uh, there are a few kind of things when I was very young sort of led me into the altered states and, and hypnosis path. Uh, one of them was uh, my father, was who was a physicist, 
he worked his way through college as a stage magician. And part of his, uh, his routine was he had a, uh, a stage hypnosis routine. And so as a result, there were all these great books on hypnosis in the, in the house. Yeah. And I was told at a very young age, you know, don't read those. Those are for adults, right? They're, you know, dangerous things for you know kids to play with. So of course, at, by age 10, I was reading them and yeah. practicing hypnosis with my friends, right? I mean, what else could I do? And people say that, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I was practicing that. I learned how to meditate around that time. I mean, when I was like 10 or 11. And, uh, uh, and then when I was, uh, when I was 16 years old, I had a, a, a bike accident and a bicycle accident and uh, severe head trauma and so on. And I had a classic near-death experience. I was out there somewhere. Mm. There was a light and an entity and it told me it's not your time yet. I mean, the classic yeah. kind of stuff, right? And uh, and I came back from that and I spent many years after that going like, you know, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, trying to figure out, you know, what was that all about? And I mean, the the big lesson from that was that, wow, there's just a lot more to consciousness and to our life than uh, we are generally told yeah. about, right? Now, I'm still an, an agnostic about uh, what happens during an NDA, right? Uh, uh, it could have been a hallucination. It could have been something triggered by my brain, you know, whatever. I, I don't really know. But I do know that, that something happened that was very much apart from normal consciousness. Now... Uh, fast forward three or four years, I'm going to college and uh, I started, uh, uh, I came across some books on NLP. NLP was a pretty new thing then. This was uh, late 1970s. And uh, I was fascinated by it. I was like, this is the, I was taking, uh, in college, I was taking courses in uh, psycholinguistics, okay. uh, which was the, the study of the psychology of language. Yeah. And uh, when I found the NLP books, I was like, wow, no, this is, this is really what I was looking for, right? The psycholinguistic courses were, they were interesting. We got a little bit of like Noam Chomsky's theories on grammar, and, but a lot of stuff about how they taught sign language to apes and things like that, that not exactly useful in your day-to-day -day communication, uh, unless you have a chimpanzee as a client or something like that. But uh, the, uh, uh, so when I saw the NLP books, I was like, okay, this is really what I was looking for. It's actually how to use syntax and grammar and things like that to make your language more effective. And part of that was to be a better writer, uh, but also to, to start exploring, uh, you know, altered states and consciousness and so on. Around that same time, these are parallel things happening at the mm -hmm. same time, uh, a friend of mine inadvertently left... Uh, uh, some books on magic, on traditional Western esoteric magic uh, in, in my apartment. And uh, so, of course, being the compulsive reader, again, you know, I have to read everything that, that's in front of me. Uh, I read those. I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> here's another piece. And since it, these were parallel studies, my first thought was, you know, in, in neuroscience, there's this phrase, neurons that fire together, wire <laughs> together, right? So here, here am I reading books about uh, NLP and hypnosis and also about Western esoteric magic. And, you know, so uh, I started thinking like, well, how do these combine, right? How do I use one? How do I use the, the more modern techniques of NLP to explore these and see what's, yeah. what's really happening, right? Because uh, in the esoteric tradition, you have, I mean, 
thousands of years of people describing, you know, the results of rituals and practices and things that are a little bit outside of what our cultural context uh, these days usually describes, right? Um, so, you know, and, you know, descriptions of entity encounters and uh, influencing other people and influencing the world and uh, things like that. And actually, one of the the key pieces of Western esoteric magic that really struck me is that it's really about becoming a better pe- yeah. a person. Right? It's about becoming a, a more well-integrated, uh, complete human being, right? And of course, hypnosis and NLP, ultimately, that, ultimately if it's not the goal, it should yeah. be, right? And uh, oh, sorry, my glasses are getting weird here. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, immediately there's, there's these parallel goals in these, in these traditions. And I started to find out some things that like uh, NLP actually had some roots in esoteric magic and things like that. So it's not, they weren't, they convert, they diverged at some point and then mm-hmm. they're converging again now. Uh, so, uh, you know, and some of the descriptions of hypnosis and things that we have from, you know, history uh, going back to things like the Egyptian right. temples of sleep and things like that were really part of the magical tradition. They were part of the ritual work and the 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 uh, devotion to gods and goddesses and exploration mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and so hypnosis actually arises from that. And uh, and through history, we had you know uh, tales of different. Uh, famous magicians and and so on who who were good hypnotists, right? And, uh, ranging from you know John Dee and uh, you know they did John Dee and Edward Kelly who were who were some of the more famous magicians in Victorian uh, times um, were uh, they were doing trance work, right? If if you read it, they would Edward Kelly mm-hmm. would go into a trance and they would and. John D would be the one talking to him and putting him into trance and then so on. And so it's really hypnosis and, uh, or a form thereof. And, uh, later on you have people like, uh, Aleister Crowley and George Gurdjieff and so on, who all claim to practice hypnosis at some point. And, uh, Gurdjieff even uh, at one point claimed that he was, he got so good at hypnosis that he had to stop because he was, he was using it all the time and, and influencing people unduly. Right. And it, I think, I think the stopping thing was bullshit because you read his books and stuff like that. And the, I, I actually would pull out when I would teach NLP courses, I would actually pull out some Gurdjieff books and just samples uh-huh. of language to, to show hip, hypnosis, uh, hypnotic language patterns and so on, very much like Bandler and Grinder and so on. Uh, so uh, fun stuff. So it all sort of converged in my head and, uh, uh, and, and I started over the years, uh, you know, writing down the results of this and the things that I practiced with my clients and so on, and, you know, it came out to be, uh, uh, a few different books. Nice. <laughs> and, Sunday. um, so you've been doing this for about, you said for close to, or maybe more than 40 years. And, uh, I imagine right. that, uh, it didn't, your, that your practice has has changed since you first started. Uh, what would you say oh, has absolutely. fundamentally changed about your work from, from the beginning until 
now? Well, pretty much everything. But the, uh, uh, I mean, in terms, like in terms of hypnosis, I started reading those books that my dad had, and they were like from yeah. the 1940s, and they were this very authoritarian uh, sort of hypnosis. You know, the the you are getting sleepy kind of thing. Watch the watch. You know, and uh, and some of it was effective, and and I actually learned some nice pieces out of that. Uh, but very different from the later. Ericksonian stuff that I would learn, you know, uh, which is much more permissive mm-hmm. and allows the the client to fill in their own content and so on. Uh, similarly with the magic, um, I started practicing pretty much where every beginning Western esotericist starts, uh, which are books on like the Golden Dawn and things like that, which they have very, uh, I don't know, precise rituals that uh that that they do uh among them things like the lesser banishing mm-hmm. ritual of the pentagram and hexagram rituals and things like that um and um i practiced those i wanted to see what they did right what do they do and uh and some of them very effective some of them full of mm-hmm. bullshit right so <laughs> it was a mix right and 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 actually a lot of work to see like what was actually good what was actually uh you know, medieval weirdness that <laughs> medieval superstitions yeah. and so on. Um, and the NLP part helped with that, right? I could sort of parse it a little bit better and see what kinds of things are really, really doing what. Uh, but over the years, uh, I sort of honed what I was doing magically. Uh, and by combining the hypnosis and NLP stuff in it, uh, it's able to sort of I don't know, strip it down to the effective yeah. bits and, uh, uh, and kind of leave out the superstition. Uh, so like when you pick up one of my books, uh, brain magic or something like that, there's, there isn't a lot of dogmatic content, like traditional magic books are like Zeus is the king of the gods who, you know, I don't do any of that. Right. Um, I let people fill in their own content and, uh, you can believe in gods or not. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and, uh, so uh, again, they're more the way I put them together. There, there's magical elements, but it's more like yeah. an NLP process or, or a hypnotic. That's process. what I really liked most about uh, brain magic, for example, is that it, it it's literally using simple NLP techniques, and uh, but but it seems it seems to, to amplify them by putting the structure of, of a magical uh, idea behind it. And, uh, and like you said, there's no dogma. There, it's, it's just about your experience. So a lot of times it's tuning into what something feels like for you and then amplifying that. And uh, do, do you do this with your clients then too? Do you kind of do this practice with clients? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I, one of the most useful pieces uh, that I have found is that uh, the evocation of entities yeah. kind of thing that I do, where you you find the feeling and you externalize it, and you can yeah. have a conversation with it. Uh, it has its roots in both uh, the traditional magic evocation, right, the summoning of spirits, right, <laughs> right? Uh, and also, uh, right, uh, and also. Uh, mm-hmm. parts therapy, right? Virginia Satir, Richard Bandler, and so, and so on. Uh, identifying a part of you and 
having communication with it, right? Uh, you know, Virginia Satir would do things like, uh, you know, access the creative part of your mind and have, allow it to come up with a solution for the part of you that hurts, mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever, right? Um, uh, so it has elements of that, right? But I put it in the context of uh, of a tr- of a ritual, right? Uh, of more like if you were doing uh, evocation of summoning of spirits kind of thing. And it actually, it amplifies it quite a bit, right? It's a, it's sort of a piece that maybe had gotten lost from, from the practice uh, over the years, right? Uh, and most people, I, I have very rarely had anybody not yeah. be able to do it, right? I mean, uh, uh, you, you can have somebody evoke something and the, 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 the entities, right, the parts of them that we externalize are very willing to talk and to, to give solutions to problems and to, uh, and to change and so on. Um, I, I have very rarely had anyone not be able to do that. Uh, and, and when they weren't able to do it on the first shot, then there were other, yeah. there's other ways to get around and get into it that way. Um, you can do it in a different sensory modality mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, but for the most part, just the, the way I've got it written in the book, it, yeah. it works every time. And, uh, uh, and again, you know, the thing is the way I have it in the book is just, it's a, it's an outline, right. it's a structure. Um, but when you do it with somebody, it's a, it's different every time and it's, it yeah. becomes its own thing. And, uh, uh, it's probably the technique that I use most with clients. I mean, I do a lot of different kinds of NLP and hypnosis stuff with clients. Uh, but, for the most part, when people have, you know, I feel anxious about this or I'm having, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a stuck place or, you know, whatever it is, those are, it's just a great technique and very flexible. And uh, I get yeah, a lot of great no, results. I, I, I agree. Like I, I've been, like I said, I've been uh, experimenting with that process myself and it, it's really powerful. Uh, and there's, as you say, there's so many different ways to do anything within the hypnosis NLP kind of change work world that, and, and it's so flexible that you can be headed down the road. And if it's not clicking for a client, you just change it and they don't have to even know that you're changing anything. It doesn't matter to them. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, you can always, <laughs> um, I have a friend who, uh, at one point, a well-known hypnotist, I'm not going to say his name cause he might not want me to put him in this context, <laughs> but, uh, he uh, he actually did a, an experiment with clients some years ago where he would put them in a deep trance and then leave the room. And he would come back, you know, 20 minutes, 40 minutes later, and they would go, that was great. My problem is <laughs> and it just it, it, it goes to show how much of the framing is really important and goes into, yeah. the, into the hypnotic experience. Um, so when you're doing one of these things and, you know, it goes a different direction that you, you want, you can stop, give the person a little time, you know, and then come back to it in a different direction. And, and they'll never know that you changed techniques or that you did, you know, you did something different or, uh, whatever. It's all, it's all becomes yeah. part of the whole thing. Uh, where do you, so where do you go to learn new things now? <laughs> oh boy, that's that's a good one. Um, I, to tell you the truth, I haven't the last. I mean, since COVID, especially, but 
before that, I've been slowing down going mm-hmm. to seminars and things like that. I, I was, you know, for many years, I go to everything. I did. I'm going to learn something. I got to go. Right. <laughs> um, now I'm more, you know, books at this point. Uh, but if I, uh, I would still go, um, if I had a little more free time and, and travel and things like that, I'd, I'd still go check out what Richard Bandler's latest or, mm-hmm. uh, go see one of Doug O'Brien's, uh, things or, uh, you know, whatever. There's, there's some great practitioners out there and, uh, I'm, I'm always eager to learn. Uh, uh, I don't travel as much as I'm getting old. I don't travel as much as mm-hmm. I used to. So, uh, I don't get around to all those things, but there's some great stuff online. Uh, and, and again, you know, books, Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> books have always been the main thing. You can all get, uh, obviously like that was the, the impetus for you from that, even from childhood, from those books your dad had. Right. Exactly. Uh, what's something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no substitute for a live, for a live training. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do NLP or hypnosis, go there and practice yeah. and do the live training. There's no substitute for that, yeah. but. Uh, but books are good. You know, there's ideas. They're full of ideas. Absolutely. So what would you say um, other people in your industry should either start doing or stop doing? <laughs> oh, they should stop overselling stuff. I, I the, Some of the stuff in the, particularly in the NLP community is like, you know, two minutes and all your problems will be solved. And, you know, no, you know, let, let's be realistic about it. Uh, sometimes longstanding problems require more work yeah. and things like that. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. th- there's no panacea. Uh, people do need to be motivated to do things. Sometimes our job is to motivate them. Right? People come in and they, you know, uh, and you know, there are, you know, I want to stop smoking. It's like, well, you know, so what made you decide you want to stop smoking? Well, my wife told me to. Right? <laughs> right. Not a good motivation, right? So I have to find find some other motivation that that's more important to them. Like you know, you're going to die if you keep doing it. Like, right. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't do. You know, uh, I, I I avoid the aversion therapy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But but definitely, there's other things that are more motivating in contexts like that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, what was the question again? I, 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 I went off on a tangent. Something that people should start or stop doing in the industry. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Uh, you know, there's, uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, all right. The, the overselling is a big one. The, uh, uh, the crappy trainings. Mm-hmm. Seven for $7. You can be a certified trainer. I've, I've seen no, those ads. I don't think so. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> a complete course for $7. Uh, no. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, money isn't always what it's about. Right. But if it sounds too good to be true, you know, it probably is. Yeah. Right. Um, so there, there's that kind of stuff. Um, and it, it, throws crap on everybody right i mean it 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 makes a bad you know a bad field for you know everybody and so on um all right we have the people who uh like to use nlp techniques to i don't know uh evaluate politicians or things like that Mm. right uh some years back there was this this thing about obama Are, are you familiar with that one no uh, Obama uses NLP to 
control your mind. It, it was like this book that was circulating on the uh, on the internet, okay. right? You know, yet you can take anybody's language and use NLP language patterns to analyze sure. them. That doesn't make it NLP. Yeah. Doesn't mean that the person was was doing some nefarious mind control thing. It just means that you can take NLP and, and analyze language. Uh, people got to stop doing that. That's another one. I, I think that uh, the, uh, you know, Bandler and Grindler, they modeled people that were really good at language. And so when somebody is really exactly, good exactly. at language, they're going to just be using those same techniques. Like they didn't have to, the people that they right, modeled exactly. didn't have to learn how to do it from a book. They just were really good at it. <laughs> and there's other people that are just really good at it. Right. Right. Back in the day, I was friends with uh, Robert Anton Wilson, uh, yeah. and uh, he was uh, Richard Bandler would bring him to NLP seminars and he would do, do his thing. And then the students would analyze what he was doing. And the thing is, is that he wasn't doing NLP because he had been doing this for long before NLP. Yeah. Uh, but he had some common, you know, he had studied yeah. general semantics and things like that. Um, and People, uh, uh, you know, and, you know, Bandler in particular said, you know, uh, what he's doing is the same as NLP, but he, but he was doing this, right? It was, it's just good language, right? It's, <laughs> it's effective writing. It's yeah. effective speaking. And, and it's what people have always done, right? NLP is just looking at the parts that work and, and isolating them and being able to, to use them more consciously. Right, right. So what would you say is the most misunderstood aspect about hypnosis or maybe even the Western magic? And how can we get a better understanding of these, these ideas? Well, there's, all right. On one hand, we have the, you know, it's, it's the devil, right? That, that, that whole thing, even, even hypnosis, right? We have people who are like, oh, it's weird occult powers and things like that. No, it's not. It's, effective language and actually caring about other people and things like that. Right. Um, the similarly, I mean, even more so in, in the Western esoteric tradition where we have movies about, you know, uh, magicians and wizards and, you know, it's not Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> Let's get that <laughs> right from the start. Right. Uh, it is definitely not Harry Potter. It's more like hypnosis or NLP. It's a, it's a, uh, a mental discipline, a practice that you learn techniques and practice them and so on. Right. Uh, so there, and, you know, yes, there are probably people out there who use hypnosis, NLP, magic, whatever, for their own selfish, nefarious, whatever it is, or they try to at any rate. Uh, uh, but for the most part, that's not what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh, when I teach NLP, most of my students are therapists, nurses, massage therapists, writers, artists, so on. People who want to be able to use their communication skills more effectively in whatever their right. field is. Right. Um, I, I don't really see uh, too many people. I, I, I Many years ago, I, I taught a course, a joke kind of spoof of seminars called how to be a megalomaniac, right? Uh, where I was spoofing some of that overselling that people did right? mm -hmm. of, uh, 
uh, you know, NLP or rule the world, you know, you know, take this 10 day course and, and you will be the richest person on the planet in, in another five days or whatever it is. Right. So, uh, so, so I did this thing. It was, uh, you know, uh, how to be a megalomaniac, uh, start a cult or, uh, uh, form your own religion, whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Um, so I had fun doing it. Mo- mostly I was teaching people how to avoid that, sure. right? How to, uh, how to break the, the, the trances and uh, things of people who were trying to control them, whatever. Um, uh, but for the most part, you know, there, there, there is that sort of niche of NLP of like, you know, you, you will become the, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to single out individual people on this, but I mean, there's people like you know, attract a new car. That's you know, whatever. It's not uh, <laughs> right. If that's the highest thing that you can that you can think of to use these techniques, good for you, right? Enjoy your new car, right? Uh, <laughs> right. For the most part, though, uh, particularly in the magic traditions, the 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 goals were much higher. They were spiritual goals. Right. They were about finding your place in the universe, about, uh, you know, understanding your own nature and purpose and direction, uh, you know, through life mm-hmm. and, uh, and becoming better at it. Right. And NLP and hypnosis are, they partake in that as well. Yeah. Right. I mean, we have, I, I hope, my clients have higher goals and I, you know, often there it's remedial, right? It's like, Oh, I'm having trouble with my spouse and blah, blah, blah. And how do I deal with that? You know, fine. You know, um, however, beyond that, there has to be something greater in, in people's lives to, uh, uh, to line all these things up. Right. And it might just be, you know, being a better human. Yeah. That's, that's a great goal. Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I find right. for, for some people it's it's go, go ahead. Uh, uh, you know, for some people they they couch it more in spiritual terms. It's like you know, uh, understanding God or you know, union with the cosmos or whatever it is. But it's the same thing, right? It's it's understanding our place in the world and becoming a better person. Yeah, and I I find that many clients will come for you know, that specific thing, communicating better with their partner, whatever it is, right? And uh, through the process, they often experience a, a whole personal development journey that they hadn't expected and uh, and come out of it, like you say, a better person. So I, I, I think that sure. would be a, a great yeah, method to get there. Yeah, and very often when people come in with the with what seem to be smaller problems, when you start to unpack them, they're they're connected more to to the greater issues of their life, yeah. right? It's it's often more about how they behave in general rather than necessarily that specific instance that's causing them problems, and they need to look at that and be able to to make lifestyle changes and and so on, you know, and and we can help with that. Yeah. So who would you say? Uh, who is your model as you've been kind of living your life? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I've had a, a number of great role models. I mentioned Robert Anton Wilson yeah. earlier, who was 
uh, one of my favorite writers when I was younger and I got to meet him and become friends with him uh, over the years. And uh, uh, he was certainly a role model in terms of uh, writing and the things that he explored and so on. Uh, and he was always very, uh, he proposed the idea of model agnosticism, right? Uh, understanding that everything that we understand and that we uh, focus on, that we're able to hold in our minds are models. They're not truth, right? It's the way our brains interpret things. And there's always a maybe uh, to almost every question, right? Is there a God? Maybe. Uh, are, uh, is my favorite political party the, the one that's going to have the, uh, the, the best solutions? Maybe, right? There's people who are convinced of things like that, right? That, yes, there's a God. Yes, my political party is the one that's going to do it, right? Uh, but you insert that maybe in there and, and understanding that these are models and they're fallible and they're, they're the way our brains are interpreting reality rather than reality itself. And, uh, uh it helps you to navigate life a little bit better to understand that, right? Mm -hmm. to, it, it, it opens you up a little bit more to other people, right? They have a little bit more acceptance of what other, other people's ideas. Uh, and also uh, it doesn't get you into trouble as much, <laughs> right? If you can, uh, you can understand that your own, your own positions are not as firm as that, right? Uh, you, you always have that little maybe in there, right? Yeah. He called it maybe logic. Okay. So Bob Wilson was, was certainly one of my role models, uh, in terms of learning hypnosis, uh, Richard Bandler certainly. I went to you know seminars and and sat there and observed him as as closely as I could without you know until I went into trance and then <laughs> came back out the other side going, "Whoa, what was that?" <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so um, I don't know. Uh, you know, Milton Erickson certainly a role model. Mm -hmm. uh, not someone I never met him, of course. Uh, uh, and you know many many people like that. In terms of like doing magic, uh, there's some there's some great folks out there who are sort of uh, the ones the the people who teach magic, who are very grounded, who have their feet on the ground and and are aren't going off into the the crazy wacky stuff. Uh, there's people out there like uh, Lon Milo Duquette, mm -hmm. who's one of my favorite writers on magic. Um, he, there's a great book of his, uh, people want to check it out, called My Life with the Spirits. Mm -hmm. Really good introduction to that whole kind of thing. Uh, who else? Um, he's he's left the planet Earth, but uh, uh, Donald Michael Craig, who is the author of yep. uh, Modern Magic, he was a good friend of mine and, and definitely a role model uh, back in the day. Um, let's see. I've got some other, other folks like that I know. Uh, it seems odd, but I know some people in the, in the voodoo community, mm -hmm. uh, who they do some great magic. I mean, it's really, it, they're very inclusive and they're open to learning new things and, and bringing new ideas into what they do as magic. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, let's see, there's, uh, people, I, I'm friends with people who are involved in the, uh, the New Orleans voodoo temple, uh, Miriam Chamani, who is the, the, uh, the, priestess there for many years uh uh lou martinet uh he's one of the one of the folks there although he's he, he's moved out of new orleans uh but he's still a great teacher and and so on uh lilith dorsey she's she's great she's got some great books if you want to want to learn about that side of magic 
Lilith Dorsey is her books are great. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of people. I, yeah. I learned from everybody who, who, who's got something there in front of me. So you, you gave us a, a ton there. Um, so, so based on your, your 40 plus <laughs> years of experience here, uh, can, would you mind sharing a practical way that someone could use one of these super states to improve their life? Sure. Well, I, I talked about doing the, uh, the, the evocation technique. Yeah. I think that's one of the core pieces there. Um, I, I'm a little hesitant. I'm, I'm not going to demonstrate that here. Okay. Uh, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you, you want to be there with somebody right? Yeah. when you do. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, in terms of, of the things that people can practice on their own, uh, one of the great ones is the meditation technique known as pranayama, mm-hmm. right? Which is breath control. And uh, it was probably the, the very first meditation technique that I learned when I was again, 10 or 11. Uh, and this is called, uh, I'll, I'll discuss two, two types of pranayama. There's a million types of pranayama. Sure. Uh, I'll describe two, two types now, uh, which people can practice on their own. And you get great results from this. It's wonderful for uh, anxiety. Uh, It's very relaxing. It'll calm you down. If you do 10 minutes of this a day, you'll find that your life will change in terms of how you cope with things and and so on throughout the day. All right. The first one is called square breathing. Mm -hmm. And essentially, uh, for most of these techniques, you sit with your back straight. A chair is fine, but if you want to be a cool looking yogi, you can sit in lotus position or whatever it is. Right. Uh, but you sit with your back straight and your mouth closed and inhale and exhale through your nose. And you're going to inhale for a count of four, hold it for a count of four, exhale for a count of four and hold it out for a count of four. Right. And, and then repeat. And you do that for eh, 10, 10 minutes if you can do it longer. I, back when I was uh, when I was first getting into this, uh, I, I learned that there was a, a magic order that would test you that you had to be able to do an hour of that. So I learned how to do an hour of that <laughs> uh, way back when, even though I never joined that magic order. Uh, but well, amazing experiences doing that for an hour. Uh, all right. The other one. Um, I don't know if there's a name for this. There, there probably is. Uh, but essentially what you're going to do is you're going to inhale through your nose for whatever is a comfortable time, but time it, right? Let's say it's a count of four that you're going to inhale through your nose. And then you're going to exhale through your mouth for twice the length. Okay. So if you found that you were inhaling through your nose for four seconds, you know, to fill your lungs all the way. Uh, and then you would exhale through your mouth for eight seconds. Right now, that's supposed to be it's supposed to activate the vagus nerve. Um, I don't really know if they've put people in the uh, in the MRI machine and seen that it actually does that. But uh, but it's it's an extremely calming and relaxing technique. And uh, uh, the other one, the 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 square breathing uh, will help you to deal with anxiety and so on. So will the the uh, the vagus breathing, uh, but the uh, the square breathing will also kind of get you more into those higher, uh, 
I don't know what you want to call them, mystical states, uh-huh. right? Okay. Uh, the vagus breathing will just will, will be more of that relaxing, grounding kind of experience. Got it. Got it. Right. So those are those are two ba- real basic things that people can do. Is there anything that uh, any any risk to those? Anything people need to know before exploring those those breath practices? Well, all right. Any one of these technique techniques, um, there is there are risks, right? There's risks. But everything there's risk to drinking a glass of milk, but but there's sure. uh, the uh, some people these techniques will as you relax, as muscles soften and and relax. Sometimes there's emotional stuff that's stored in the muscles that gets released, and people will find themselves crying or having uh, really emotional memories, uh, thinking about traumatic experiences they had in the past. Um, this isn't all that common, but it does sometimes happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that happens to you while you're doing it, stop and and go find a a, a practitioner to help you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Help you Thank help you. you to get through that. Yeah. If it's just okay. minor, if it's just minor stuff and you can deal with it, fine. I mean, great, right? But if it seems to like it's getting towards traumatic uh, stuff, then stop right there. Find a practitioner and. Uh, and do it again. Those things are rare, right? Uh, the ab reactions, right? Mm-hmm. We have ab reactions to basic hypnosis too. Sometimes yeah. you start putting somebody in a trance, like oh, you know, uh, it's rare, but it happens, right? Yep. Uh, in in the context of like being being a hypnotist and doing it, we get trained in doing that. As part of our training is dealing with ab reactions, right? Uh, or at least I hope it is. Uh, and uh, the. Uh, Right, but if someone is just there practicing by themselves, that's a good time to stop and get some help. Uh, the the vagus breathing, I, I have I really have never heard anybody have a problem with it. But it, but again, the same issues could apply uh, to to that. Um, there's even I mean, this stuff happens in people's yoga classes and stuff like that. You you go to yoga classes every now and then, somebody has a you know they get into something and they <laughs> and they they release some stored trauma or something like that and. Um, I, I saw, uh, just the other day, an article came across my newsfeed. I have lots of yoga and, uh, meditation things on my newsfeed. Uh, it was like, um, so how come you, you want to cry every time you do hip stretches? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's an example of that, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, hopefully I didn't read the article, but, but hopefully they just, you know, gave, gave people some, uh, you know, if it's not too bad, that's fine. Let it go. You know, probably said the exact same thing. If it seems too traumatic. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So it seems like it's getting in the way of your life or you can't deal with it. Get some help. Yeah. As you think of the future and, um, using altered states for personal growth, what's giving you hope right now? <laughs> uh, well, it's it's really interesting to see how psychedelics are are becoming mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I every day I pull up my you know, Facebook or newsfeed or whatever it is, and I'm seeing ads for like ketamine practitioners and mm-hmm. uh, and you know uh, go get therapy with magic mushrooms and things like that. Um, I do know that uh, I mean there's some practitioners who are great and. Uh, 
the people who are being trained by the MAPS organization, uh, multi multidisciplinary yep. uh, arts and psychedelic studies. Okay, MAPS. Uh, and if you want, if you want to find them, uh, maps.org. And uh, the people who are getting trained by MAPS to do psychedelic therapy right now are using really good protocols. Um, I know I have a friend who uh, was a consultant on one of the protocols that they did uh, for the MDMA studies, and she's a great NLP practitioner. So there's a little bit of NLP in there too. Yeah. Uh, so um, when you have great practitioners who are who are doing that, uh, there's there's no substitute for it. There's, there's nothing else that will get in there and uh, and change things on the level that psychedelics will. Right. Uh, and in combination with therapy and, you know, in a therapeutic context with hypnosis, NLP, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, now, uh, I, with that said, I mean, people have been using psychedelics and things like that for, you know, millennia dawn of for time. recreational purposes. And I'll, yeah, I, I'll quote, uh, and for, you know, I mean, for spiritual things and, you know, productive change and things as well. Um, I'll, I'll quote Andrew Weil. Somebody asked him, uh, you know, what do you think, you know, they were talking about MDMA in the context of therapy. And they said, what do you think about people who use it recreationally? And he said, well, recreation can be very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, I, I like that idea. A right? colleague I mean, of mine. Many of us have had. A colleague of mine calls it recreation, right? There you go. Right. And, you know, just, you know, taking a vacation, relaxing, you know, uh, doing something fun for a while. These these things can change our lives. I mean, you, you got to have some fun in your life. Yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the uh, some the, the fact that research and therapy for these these substances uh, is now open to study and open for people to practice with good practitioners and so on. I think that's a big change. Uh, and uh, it may revolutionize the, the, I hope it revolutionizes the mental health industry. Yeah. Because I see a lot of real bad practices in the mental health in industry right now. There's certainly a lot of so, room for, uh, uh, for growth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there's, there's an awful lot of like psych meds, uh, things, antipsychotics and things like that. They don't know how it, they work. Right. They give them to people and, and hope it works. And they say, well, most people have to try two or three of these or three or four of these before they find one that works. Right. And they don't even know the mechanism of action for a lot of these things. Whereas psychedelics have been really well studied over the years. And now that they're open to more study, we're learning some just great things. There's folks over in uh, England who are giving people psychedelics and putting them in the MRI machine. And we're, it's revolutionizing what we know about the brain. Yeah. Uh, and revolutionizing neuroscience in general is uh, folks over there, Robin Carhart, Harris, uh, David Nutt. Uh, they're, they're doing these great studies. So uh, look for more of that. I mean, we're, we're just learning things about the way consciousness works. Yeah. Uh, Certainly. In fact, uh, yeah, there, there's, in fact, there's interest in the idea of studying anesthetics because anesthetics are, seem to be right at the core of what is consciousness, right? Uh -huh. Turning consciousness on and off. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, Roger Penrose, who's a Nobel Prize winning physicist, uh, he got together with an anesthesiologist uh, whose name is eluding me right now. Uh, and they to try to answer the question, what is consciousness? And they've come up with some really intriguing things. They're, they're finding that the anesthetics work in the brain on a quantum level. Mm-hmm. And you, huh. right now it's kind of hard to see into the brain on a quantum level, uh, but maybe they'll find some ways that we can study that a little bit more uh, closely and in real time. Uh, but but absolutely intriguing and, and totally fascinating what they're learning about it. It's, it's a really uh, so, exciting time to be uh, alive. I also think, yeah, and, and I think the fact that we have neuroscience equipment now, right? You can put someone in the MRI machine and see what happens when you do a particular technique. Mm-hmm. That's going to, that changes everything, right? Uh, until now, psychological stuff, therapy, whatever. It, it's been a black box, right? I mean, every other thing, uh, a doctor can look inside you, get an x-ray, see what's wrong, right? In psychiatry, psychology, therapy, they're making guesses, right? The whole DSM manual is like this checklist of three from column A, two from column B. They're not looking in the brain. They're not seeing what happens, right? And so some of the, their guesses, some of them are are educated guesses based on things they've seen in the past, but they're still guesses. And once we once we really start seeing what happens when you, you you give someone a particular drug or you put them in a state of hypnosis or meditation and you see what happens in the brain in real time, it changes everything. Right? It's it's it changes what we know about how people behave and stuff. I have a chunk of you know, up until when I wrote the book some years ago, I have some chunks of neuroscience that are in the books mm-hmm. uh, relating to that kind of stuff, right? You know, what happens when you do magic? What happens when you do uh, meditation and stuff like that? Um, so, again, it's a great time to be alive and because we're, we're, we've never had these tools before. Right. Uh, and... Uh, so we're, we're learning more about the things we do. We're learning more about how the brain functions. And hopefully we'll, we're going to find some more uh, different modalities, different techniques and things that are going to come out of that. I love that. Uh, Phil, how can people learn more about you if they're curious? Oh, pick up a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that. That's the first thing I recommend. Uh, you can go. I have a very rarely updated website uh, at metamagic.com. M-E-T-A hyphen M-A-G-I-C-K dot com, uh, and you can find my books on there. Uh, again, I haven't updated it in a long time, so it's 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 creepy looking as websites go. <laughs> but, uh, you can find my books. Uh, maybe there's a little bit about my uh, my client. I'll, I'll make sure to put that in well. the. Uh, but again, you can go to Amazon. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to, to link to your website in the yeah, sure. And, and and right, like you say, you're on you're on Amazon. Yeah, and, you're at and all link, the places to the you can Amazon, buy books. Right, right. So Philip H. Farber is the way you'll okay, find me on perfect. Amazon. Perfect. And and what is what's the one insight you want the audience to leave with today? Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, the one insight is that we have just begun uh, this, the stuff again, we're, we're just at this point in time where we can actually study this stuff. I mean, 
you can take a million people and be practicing hypnosis with them and so on. You're going to learn, you're going to learn a ton. Right. But if you can peek into somebody's brain when you're, when you're doing that, you're going to, it it just cuts through all of that. You you only have to look at half a million people. (laughs) Uh, But uh, the, uh, uh, again, we're at a time when, when this stuff, the internet gives people access to, a vast amount of material in terms of what they can practice, what they can, what they can do. Again, there's, you know, how much of it is crap. I don't know. Uh, you know, the Sturgeon's law applies. 90% of everything is crap. Uh, but there's, there's still that, that 10% of stuff that's great. And, you know, look for, look for the five star <laughs> reviews. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, but again, we're, we're at a point where, we have access to more of this than we ever have. There's more books on all of these subjects than there's ever been. When I was a kid, I had to travel a hundred miles to New York city to find the nearest bookstore that carried books on magic, hypnosis, whatever. Uh, It was a haul, right? I I did it all the time. (laughs) uh, And, you know, I'd be riding the, riding the train back with my bag of books that I bought. Uh, but now you, you don't have to do that. You, you, from the comfort of your own home, you can find a you know yeah. even more books. Now there's, you know, a, any one of these subjects, there's a thousand books now. So, you know, dive in. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, to how this is going to shake out, right? I mean, uh, there's an awful lot that's happening, an awful lot of things that people are learning. And uh, I, I'm looking for new, new stuff, right? Where, where is it going to go? So uh, join me in, in seeking out uh, the future of hypnosis and Love magic. It. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been really fascinating to talk with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I had a fantastic time. Uh, having that conversation with Phil. Uh, If you did enjoy this, leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. That's really the best way to expand the message of super states, and it would really mean a lot to me. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast through your favorite platform. You can even subscribe on YouTube where you can watch this in video. That way you can stay up to date with super states. Make sure to let me know what topics or guests you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can either get in touch through the comments on this podcast, or you can find me out on most of the social media platforms out there at Joshua Ray Peters, and that's R-E-Y. I'll see you all next week. Remember, you carry the seeds of change inside. Stay flexible, keep growing, and embrace your transformation.